I won't deny it. I'm a straight rider. You don't wanna fuck with me. Got the police watching at me. But they can't do nothing to us. Everybody to the premiere episode of The Commish and the Fish. I am the Fish, aka Christina Kaplan, and I'm joined by the Commish, also known as Micah De La Rosa. What's going on? The Commish uh, is not only in fantasy football, but also in life. I feel like <laughs> I'm a life coach, and that's what I want to be for everybody here. Uh, so if you have any questions, please refer them to me. Well, just so you guys are clear, this is not um, a life coach podcast. We're not going to tell you how to live your life. However, we are going to talk about a lot of fun sports things, what's going on, what's hot, what's popular. And this has been a long time in the making, right, Micah? This has. This has been a, uh, a dream of mine for a long time, and so I'm glad to have a partner uh, with a lot of experience like you that, that can that can help me along the way. And so I'm very, very excited about this opportunity. Oh, you're too sweet. <laughs> a lot of experience. I don't know if I'd go that far. But let's get it going and start. We're four weeks, well, about to be on our fifth week of NFL football. And it feels pretty amazing. I mean, I know you're a big Hawks fan. Or, sorry, Hawks. Falcons fan, but also Hawks. Um, Atlanta just in general, and they just had came off a huge win, and I'm sure you had to be pumped about that. I mean, anytime you get a win inside the division, obviously it's very, very sweet, but in the fashion that they did it, just destroying uh, Carolina and seeing Cam Newton, I mean, I hate to see anybody get hurt, but if you're going to flip the ball at Deion Jones early <laughs> in the game and then later on in the second half, he pops you right at the goal line and get a little concussion, I mean... You know, bad things happen to bad people sometimes, and the, the good guy's got to win on that one. So you're saying that Cam Newton deserved that concussion. Am I right there? <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying he deserved it, but I didn't lose sleep like that he got a concussion. Wow. <laughs> do, you, do you also refer to him as scam? Um, I mean, I, I think that he took a pay cut to play in the NFL, if that's, hmm. if that's, if that's you know, a fair assessment. Can I get a war eagle? <laughs> you cannot. Just kidding. I do not like. I do not like Auburn. Let's get that straight. Um, well, let me start off by saying my highlight from Week Four of NFL football. I mean, I think you can't really choose anything other than the Vikings ball boy making that outstanding one-handed catch probably better than Odell's because he just stood there (laughs) if you haven't seen it people go look it up the Vikings ball boy on the sidelines literally with another ball in his other arm threw his hand up caught it and acted like it was no big deal I mean I it's hard to hard to argue that one uh the guy basically palmed the ball out of midair uh, just standing there. Insane. I don't even know if he looked up. Like he, he didn't even change like his foot stance. Like he was still facing the field, and then just, I guess, perpendicular to his body, just reached up and grabbed it. 
Um, right. That's why I'm saying it's more impressive than Odell Beckham because he's not even jumping for the ball. Yeah, that that was impressive. Um, but obviously not as impressive as Julio's 300-yard game that he had against the Panthers. Uh, without, jo- without Without Josh Norman. Uh, Josh Norman, you know, he said he's sipping his tea while he's watching the Panthers defense, you know, get lit up. But 12 catches for 300 yards and a touch uh, for Julio is just, I mean, par for the course, basically, for the Falcons right now with the number one offense. So we're, we're Super Bowl bound, Super Bowl bound. Okay, now that's a reach, um, saying that they're Super Bowl, Super Bowl bound. But as far as Julio's performance, you go ahead and pick that low-hanging fruit, Micah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it was top page at ESPN. Everyone's so been talking like, yeah. about it. I mean, I, I mean, it had nothing to do that the Falcons may be my favorite team since birth. I mean, I can't help it. Julio caught 300 yards, three bills, and a touch. Yes, that was impressive. And we'll go ahead and, and pick another fruit off of this low-hanging tree here and talk about Tom Brady's return. Um, Tom Brady's returning? Yeah, I mean, if you oh. haven't heard, it's not like really been that talked about, I don't think. No, um, I'm pretty sure we're breaking you news know, I Yeah, I think he's number 12. Mm-hmm. I don't know. He's He's kind of not too much of a big deal, but if you were going to pay attention to that game... Patriots coming off a shutout in Buffalo. What do you expect to see from Tom Brady in week five? I mean, I, anybody else coming off of a, you know, four weeks to start the year uh, kind of break, I would say would take a step back from what you'd expect. But Tom Brady and the Patriots are just like a big F you to Roger Goodell. So I think that Tom Brady's going to come in pissed off Gronk, I think they've been resting him and selecting spots to play him to get him healthy for this return. I think that you're going to see a pissed-off Tom Brady. You're going to see a pissed-off Belichick. I don't know if you noticed, but he was slamming HP notebooks on the sideline on (laughs) on Sunday over a loss to the Bills. So uh, I'm going to go with uh, Tom Brady's going to have a big day. Uh, Gronk's going to have a big day. And uh, I think they played the Cleveland Browns, which – you know they, that helps. The, the defense has not been as stellar as probably you know they've seen in the past. So I'm going to say Tom Brady uh, comes through the clutch here and it has a big week Sunday. Now I have to correct myself. They were actually in New England at Gillette Stadium for that blowout. Um, actually, it wasn't really a blowout, but they did not score any points. Mm-hmm. And you know, a lot of people were expecting the Patriots to go. Two and two, even one and three in these first four weeks, and they went three and one. So I think Tom Brady's obviously going to be mad. I mean, we've seen how he performs after being pissed off, and he always does very well. So, and now he's got to feel a little bit more comfortable coming back to his team with only one loss under their belt. But I think that he's going to come out and just murder no i don't know if that's the right word I mean, but it's a slaughter like i don't, just, know, if you, I don't yeah. know if you i don't know if you saw him throwing balls at that high school uh to yeah. those receivers well, like they, they were playing better defense on that guy which was nobody than the, the browns are going to play against their receivers yeah i mean the browns 
the Browns are just not good. And I don't think they ever will be. No, Let's just be honest. I, mean, I think the Cavaliers is the only thing, the only thing they've got going for that city right now. Let's, let's be even more specific. LeBron James is the only thing they got going. Okay. True. Okay. Let's, let's not Very give true. the Cavs too much credit there. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> um, well, yes. Yeah, so like we said, Tom Brady yeah. is going to have the monster comeback. I mean, let's get some numbers on it, Micah. How many touchdowns? How many yards are you anticipating here? I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say four teeters. Okay, so so wow. we, we're, we're going four touchdowns for Tommy B, uh, and I'm gonna say he's gonna throw for three, three forty-two. Three forty-two. Okay, I need to write this down yeah. so that we can come back and see who is right. Yeah, so Micah well, says four touchdowns, mm-hmm. three forty-two, mm-hmm. three hundred forty-two yards. Okay, I'm gonna say it's the Browns. I'm going big. I'm oh, seeing well. five touchdowns, Ooh. Micah. Okay, five touchdowns and four hundred and two yards. All right. I mean, you got to go big or go home. Am I right? All right. I'll tell you what. So, are you hearing my wage and raising it? (laughs) No, let's make a bet. So, let's say um, if he throws five touchdowns or more, we'll just go for touchdowns. If he throws five, you're setting the over under basically at five by saying he's going to throw five, right? If he throws five touchdowns, then I'll rap, freestyle rap, the, the, uh, the intro to this podcast for next week. I don't know if I want to agree to that bet because I don't want our podcast. You said that so confidently. Like he's going to throw five touchdowns and there's nothing more. No, I definitely think he's going to throw five touchdowns, but I don't really want you rapping on our podcast. (laughs) insane. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. I want people to listen to this, Micah. That is fair enough. That is fair enough. (laughs) How about you can rap on the outro so they have to listen to the whole podcast. So we'll we'll go outro. We'll go outro. We'll do, you know, If they're over five, I'll rap. If under five, you rap on the outro. That's fine. I can throw down. I got, I spit. You got fire. Oh, wow. You got bad skills, huh? I got bars. (laughs) Damn. All right. Oh, God. Okay. Anyway, so let's just go ahead and on that note, move on. Well, let's let's move on. And and speaking of of low-hanging fruit, there's a segment that we like to do called first the first the worst second the best talking about some of the first uh you know running back ones or quarterback ones that may be not as good as qb1 or running back one or running back two so um for example that low-hanging fruit we're talking about Dak prescott versus tony romo i know that you have strong feelings and love for for the for the Dak. yeah i mean it's funny because Dak is kind of like that underdog story that everyone likes. He was drafted super late, a lot more, a lot later than he expected or anticipated to be, and kind of has been playing with that chip on his shoulder. And you can tell because he goes out there with something to prove every single game. Mm -hmm. And he's been so successful, even without Dez, still just killing it every week. And Tony Romo... It, it's like you touch him with your pinky and he breaks. He's in that group of quarterbacks along with Sam Bradford, who we'll talk about later, mm-hmm. RG3, mm-hmm. Tony Romo, Jay Cutler, 
-hmm. all four of those guys, I might be missing more, but they're, they're made of glass. It's like, you know, for a fact, at least sometime, some point in the season, all four of those guys are going to get injured. I'll, I'll, I agree completely with you. Tony Romo has the best offensive line in the NFL. Yeah. And he got hurt during a preseason game. Yeah. A preseason game. Like that is that is unbelievable to me. And so I know. The, the, I completely but he didn't even get hurt. He broke his back. Like it wasn't like old. a normal injury. He just he straight up broke his back. He's just old. It's I like mean, insane. That, I mean I that, that's just how injury prone he is. Like his back is is liable for breaking. And I'm pretty sure he's still under contract for about four more years. So Dallas Something is going to be like shelling that. out that money for a little bit. That's fine with him. He's yeah. fine. He's going to rest on that yeah, back he and be like, care. whatever. Yeah. I'll hold this clipboard <laughs> and hang a hat on. That's cool. Uh, I, I completely agree. Dak Prescott uh, thrown for over 1,000 yards in the first four weeks as a rookie. Um, and also, I don't know if anybody's mentioned this or not, but he has thrown zero interceptions. I know. I, I, that, think, I meant think, to bring think, that up. That's something that's huge. But yeah. Carson Wentz also has not thrown any interceptions. That's also so for point. rookies. That's pretty big time. Yeah, that's also a good point. So, so for for Dak, um, you know, another thing that with, with the Cowboys is that he has Ezekiel Elliott behind him. So he's got another rookie behind him, and so yes. you're starting a rookie backfield uh, in the NFL is unheard of. And so for them to have the success they've had. For him to have the poise, I think, in a lot of a lot of positions of the game, um, I think that's, that's. I think I would give him the the nod over Tony Romo, and I might be crazy for saying it. No, you're not, because I 100% agree with you, and I have Ezekiel Elliott on my fantasy team, who is currently leading the NFL in fantasy points for running backs. Thank right. you very much. So he's doing okay. He's okay. okay. I mean, I don't know. Is that kind of, is that good? Is that good? Like, uh, no. Is number one, like, no. is that good? Um, but another, speaking of running backs, mm -hmm. another guy, backup, who, mm -hmm. well, I don't know if we can necessarily say this guy is better than his starter, but he's, I guess, outperforming what people expected from him, is Spencer Ware out of Kansas City. He's been balling, and Jamal Charles is supposedly supposed to come back soon, yeah. hopefully, but... We don't know what we're going to see from him yet. So Spencer Ware seems to be a light for the Chiefs in case Charles is not, you know, 100% himself. And, and that's the thing with Charles. Like, he keeps showing up in these games and getting, like, a couple of touches a game. I mean, if you're hurt, you're hurt. Are you hurt or, yeah. you know, are you hurt or are you really injured? So you need to – if you're injured, just sit down. But yeah. if you're, you're, you're not and you're – just kind of banged up. Why are you getting two touches a game and rushing for seven yards? And Spencer Ware is obviously eating this up. Um, 80 yards against uh, the, the Steelers last week. I think he's at around 280 to 300 for the year. It's not bad, but um, yeah, he's making a case is that is Charles going to be too banged up to get back this year or is he, is he going to be the one that shoulders the load? Right. Well, you also got to wonder if, if it's either – the coaching staff or Jamal himself trying to come back too soon, mm -hmm. which happens with a lot of guys. And usually it doesn't air in their favor. You know, it's always, I think Tony Romo, even who we just spoke of, tried to come back too soon last year and ended up having to sit out again because mm -hmm. he wasn't ready. Mm -hmm. So sometimes you have to ready. just let, 
No, he's not. He's not ready. You got to just let your body rest, you know? Take mm-hmm. a break, man. Take a load off. How long does Tony Romo need to be ready? Mm, <laughs> I don't even know. A trick question. He's never ready. Like, his, his body's yeah. he broke. I mean, you're not going to be ready. All right. Yeah. So, <laughs> moving, Thanks, Sarah. He stumped me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, moving on to, the, to you know, the next one uh, that we have is, is I got question marks around. So, trying to figure out if this guy is, is really an NFL quarterback or is he who we always have seen in Philadelphia? And that's Sam Bradford. Yep. Um, so, Sam Bradford, I mean, you're playing with – I would say you're playing with the elite running back, but Adrian Peterson's hurt still, and he's still winning. Yep. Um, so, I'm trying to figure out – you know, obviously they had the big defense there in Minnesota – uh, they're they're I think they're number ten in fantasy points by themselves. Like if you were to include them with everybody, including quarterbacks, I think Minnesota has tenth best fantasy points. So obviously they're putting up, you know, scoring. Um, they're covering fumbles, yeah. interceptions. So uh, your thoughts on Sam Bradford? Is he the NFL quarterback that we thought, and uh, when we when they were he drafted, or is he the well, Philadelphia quarterback? I think when it comes to Bradford, it's just a matter of time before he, the real, like you said earlier, will the real Sam Bradford please stand up? Mm -hmm. It's just a matter of time before that guy stands up, um, unfortunately. And I've always had high hopes for him because I do think that he's got talent, but I think he's, he's another one of those, like I said earlier, he's fragile. You Mm -hmm. know, if he gets hit, in the wrong way or too hard, he's going to get injured. Mm-hmm. He gets injured so easily. And that's been a lot of his issues um, in the past was just he's so injury prone. But he's got Stephon Diggs. Mm-hmm. He's got running backs in Jarek McKinnon and Matt Asiata who are still decent. I mean, McKinnon's been a really good backup for Adrian Peterson. Yeah. Um, so he's still got a lot of weapons around him. Um, that are helping amplify his performance. And like you said earlier, too, the Minnesota defense is just playing out of their minds right now. Mm -hmm. And we even talked about it earlier um, at work that if you're in fantasy, if you're going up against, if your player is going up against Minnesota, you don't start them. Yeah. Because you've seen what they've done. You saw what they did to Odell Beckham Jr. (laughs) I mean, granted, Eli is kind of, not very good. Yeah, I don't know what he likes. I don't doing. really know what else to yeah. say, except he's just not very good. But still, they've continued to shut down each, like every week, they've shut down big time receivers mm-hmm. and they have been playing really well. So you kind of just, it's like the whole team, everyone's clicking right now. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm going to venture on the other side of that. I'm going to say, you know, will the real Sam Bradford please stand up? I think the real Sam Bradford is stepping up. I'm gonna go out on a limb and say this is the, who the Philadelphia Eagles thought they were drafting when they when they spent that first pick on him. And I think they that, are who they thought they but, are. Or what is it? <laughs> they are who ex- we thought they were. That's exactly nailed it. Nailed it. Hashtag <laughs> nailed it. Uh, so I, I think Sam Bradford is that person who we thought who the Philadelphia Eagles thought they were or they drafted. Uh, with the first pick overall a few years ago. I think that a new scenery away from the coaching, a lot of coaching changes he had in Philadelphia. I think he had weapons in Philadelphia. I just think they didn't mesh well. Like Shady McCoy, um, uh, that a few other, Deuce McAllister, um, Deshaun Jackson. Um, but 
I think for whatever reason in Minnesota, they're built around the defense and the running game. And I think that's a complete different ball game than the spread it out kind of deal they had in Philadelphia. So I think as long as I think you're right, like he is obviously fragile uh, or has been in the past. But I think as long as they keep him upright, I think Sam Bradford's a pretty good NFL quarterback. All right. Well, I guess we will find out who is right in this argument come probably week, I'm going to say like 12 or 13. you're picking he's going down like you just well got like i think a hit. by then he will have either already gone down mm-hmm. or he will have just played out of his mind so, and we'll be like okay micah was right on so this i'm one. just making a note week 12 tina, <laughs> tina hit on sam bradford got it all right yeah. we're good all right we'll see we'll <laughs> see now for a guy who definitely well actually i can't say definitely because as of this year carson palm carson palmer has thrown nine interceptions in the first four weeks of football. That's a Peyton Manning's numbers from last year. So I can't necessarily say that Drew Stanton is worse than him. <laughs> he just hasn't had enough time to mm-hmm. throw that many interceptions. <laughs> okay. But I think he had three mm-hmm. uh, when he came in and took over for Palmer in that game against the Rams this past week. So not good. You're, you're but, not, I you're mean, not you're no, no good option in, in Arizona right now. Yeah. I mean, so what do you do? You keep going with the guy that's throwing nine picks in four games, or do you have to make a change? And then now the guy throws three picks. So now, well, yeah, I mean, Car- they have no choice but to not play Palmer this week because of his concussion. Right. But I mean, going forward, I feel like it doesn't matter how Drew Stanton plays in mm-hmm. the next game or two, mm-hmm. however long he sits out. There, you're, you have to go with Palmer. He's there. He's your starter. Yeah. He's proven to be an elite quarterback in the past. Maybe he's just not having a good start. Maybe this is the start of his decline. I tend to lean towards the latter only because that's a lot of interceptions. Yeah. And I mean, we talked about this earlier too. The Cardinals have just underperformed everywhere on on both sides of the ball mm-hmm. um and it's a bummer because i really like bruce arians yeah i mean he's supposedly this great coaching mind and then you have a quarterback just throw up all over the field like carson uh has done over the first four weeks but yeah uh i, I tend to agree with you on you know this is the part of his decline i mean how old is carson palmer now he's got a he's in his 30s yeah. uh, i want to say closer to 35 yeah so i think you know, Carson Palmer is starting on the decline of, of his, I guess, peak of his career, um, to say yeah. the, say it nicely, I guess. Um, but yeah. he is – I think we're starting to see him on the decline of his career. Um, nine interceptions over four games. You don't get away with that unless your name's Peyton Manning of 2015 yeah. or 2016. Hey, Carson, fight on. Hey, hey Carson. right? Hey, Carson. Am I right? Hey Carson, <laughs> hey Carson, are we colorblind? Do you know what color we're we're wearing today? Maybe I should clarify that. Maybe he's colorblind. Maybe he doesn't know. Um, I would think we would have found that out by now. <laughs> he's been uh, playing football for a long time. Maybe it's a new thing with age. However, like, he's always been on red teams, so maybe yeah. that throws him off. I don't know. Maybe you don't. I mean, who knows? Hey Carson, stop talking <laughs> to the other team. Well, another quarterback on a red team. Mm-hmm. Who's a backup? Who's not better? Who used to be better than his mm-hmm. starter, but is not anymore? Who's making a lot of waves in the media is Colin Kaepernick. Mm. 
Good old Cap. Can, can All we, of a sudden has a fro now. Can we talk about how he got the starting <laughs> job in the first place? When they were undefeated with Alex Smith, and then Alex Smith goes down for, what was it, one week? I think he was out with a like concussion yep. or something. And then they put him, put Colin Kaepernick in, and then he just stays in the whole time. And they sit well, Alex Smith. I think, it. I mean, you're right. You bring up a good point there by it doesn't really make much sense. All I can think of is that maybe Jim Harbaugh was like, fought so hard for Colin Kaepernick. He's like, this is my guy. Like, we got to go with him. We got to go with him. And then once he started, you know, showing his true colors and, you know, not being very good. Oh, sucking? Um, like being a backup sucky. quarterback? Yeah. 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 Great. <laughs> then Jim Harbaugh was like, peace out. I'm going to go make a cool million plus in college yeah. and uh, leave this up to you. Yeah. Congra- and- congratulations on this big contract that you're inheriting that I created for Colin Kaepernick, yeah. who's at best a, a backup quarterback. Well, his contract is weird, too, because it gave the 49ers options. It's like the way that they designed it, it was after two years, they were able to release him or something without owing him. I, I don't know. It's very convoluted, but it was a different type of organization of the contract, and they detailed it out differently than normal mm-hmm. contracts. For example, like Jay Cutler, who's why he – got signed that ginormous deal for playing subpar football for the past couple of seasons. And now they're stuck with him, you know, whereas the, the Kaepernick uh, deal, I think there were ways that the 49ers could get out, but I don't know if maybe they wanted to, I think they just wanted to give him one more shot. And I feel like there he's proven to just, be really awful well and in spite of his sucking in football he has he, uh, he, he, he has made headlines I'm just gonna put it out there. <laughs> he has made headlines he's continued to make headlines so yeah uh, i mean i guess that's a good marketing for, uh marketing for him but in honor of colin kaepernick we're going to do a segment called kneel or stand okay so kneel or stand i want to know if you kneel in support or kneel in protest or if you stand in support of of a couple things so odell okay. beckham jr Obviously didn't have the best game of his career. I think he had 23 yards receiving, which is dead last that he's had in a game uh, so far. Yep. And his quote was, uh, the game just isn't fun for me right now. So I want to know, Christina, do you kneel or do you stand? Um, this one's hard for me because it's like I, wanna, I want to squat. I'm like right in between because I'll give you each side. So I want to kneel only because I think he's trying to place the blame on other people um, by saying it's not fun anymore. Uh, I don't know, actually. That's not – that's not – this is just very tough because – I think Eli Manning is not a very good quarterback. I still don't understand how he's won two Super Bowls. Yeah, I'm just I mean, going to throw it out there. Just, I had, I had one, it. He's only won two Super Bowls. He's okay. Yeah, I've had heated debates with people before who are like, he's a surefire first ballot Hall of Famer. And I'm like, no, he's not. I don't know. He just miraculously had some really good teams and really good defenses. But 
he's not very good. Also, the Giants' offensive coordinator is or Ben McAdoo is not calling their plays. I don't know who their offensive coordinator is, but um, basically they need to figure out better ways to get Odell open. Obviously, all the other teams are know the kind of routes he's going to run and are covering him heavily, which is making it hard for him to get open for any passes, which is why he's not having fun. Mm -hmm. And, but then on the other side of it, it's like everyone's making such a big deal about him getting so upset, but he's always been this passionate player. Mm -hmm. He's always been like this. It's not like he all of a sudden has just blown up and become really irrational on the sidelines. He's always played with this type of passion so that's why I'm kind of in between. It's like I kind of see where he's coming from, but I kind of don't. And I kind of see where the media is coming from, but I kind of don't. And then, you know, Eli is going out there and kind of throwing him under the bus where I don't think he should be doing that. So I'm kind of in between on this issue. So I have a definite stance on this. And on his <laughs> quote of the game isn't fun anymore. For me right now, um, I'm gonna go ahead and stand and say you're exactly correct because it's not fun watching you slap fight with a defensive back the entire game and then bitch and complain about not being open or being roughed up on the sideline when you're initiating the contact. So I'm yeah. just tired of you being a prima donna. Like just be a man and just you have the best hands in the NFL, like bar none. I'm tired of watching you bitch and complain about it. Like just get open yep. and catch the ball. Like Eli Manning, if he can't get you the ball, that's his problem but I don't want to see you whine and complain about it. And so I'm going to go ahead and stand for your statement there, Odell. Yeah, it's not fun. It's not fun for anybody watching you behave like a little 12-year-old girl, okay? Yeah, I but, agree with you there. I mean, I understand what he's saying. Like, yeah, he's a very passionate player. I get all that. You can be passionate and not be a baby about it. Just go, yeah. get, go get the ball. Like, make a play. Tell, go yeah. to the huddle, tell Eli, say, look, Throw it up. I'll go get it. It's fine. Like, whatever. One-on-one -on -one coverage, if you're an elite receiver, one-on-one -on -one coverage shouldn't stop you. Right. And actually, a good example of that is Megatron. Yeah. How many times was he double-covered and they still threw the ball to him? And maybe sometimes it got intercepted, but more often than not, he caught the ball. Yeah. Just give your, so. give your receiver a chance to, to get it. Um, so Odell can, can get out of my face with that. The, the the second point on the Nealer stand is uh, the Toronto game last night in the, the AL uh, wildcard game. Um, a woman, I think, is who's being reported threw a beer onto the field at the left fielder for the Orioles, uh, Kim, uh, during the seventh inning, I believe, on a fly ball at the warning track. Almost hit him, but it was probably a good three feet wide. Uh, of, of the mark but it was a pretty full beer and so if it had hit him it had definitely done some contact so i want to know if you stand or kneel uh with the reaction that we got now first it was a can correct correct so i'm gonna kneel on okay. that one because that's just dumb yes i'm sorry because what if you did hit him and hurt him mm -hmm. and then let's say that costs the orioles moving on or he is out of baseball forever. Mm -hmm. You could have hit. She could have hit him in the temple and literally killed him. You know, freak accidents happen quite often. And I just think, as as a fan going into a stadium like that, 
it doesn't matter if you're rooting for the other team or not. You still need to respect the players. You're They're out here working hard and putting on a performance for you. And for you to, to disregard what they're doing and put their safety in jeopardy, that's just dumb. So I'm going to kneel for that one. So... I completely agree. I, I, so, 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 so I have, I have a, I have a two sider to this. So if, if I could, uh, if I could, I'm, I'm going to play devil's advocate for one side or the other. On one side, yeah, I completely agree. Like I kneel, you shouldn't throw things at the players. Um, what if it did hit him in the head, knocked him out? Like there's, there's a lot of, I mean, that was a full beer can. That's pretty heavy. And you're throwing it from a pretty good, you know, ways away and it's downhill. I get all that. So if it hit him, obviously it's terrible. I get it. I get why you're pissed off. <laughs> but on the other hand, I stand because we're in Toronto, right? And so there's a good chance that lady thought she was at a hockey game. Where it is perfectly acceptable <laughs> to throw things onto the rink or onto the field. And so this lady could have been just celebrating. Like, hey, we hit a fly ball out to left field. Like, I'm going to throw my beer can on the field. I didn't know there was a guy there trying to catch the ball. And, all, and it could have been like he, she's celebrating that guy catching the ball. Maybe I want to give you a beer. So if, you know, Kim would have picked the beer up and just chugged it right there and then slam dunked it over the fence. I don't know what the repercussions would have been for the MLB, but I surely would have liked Kim. He'd have been my favorite player right now. Number one. Well, yeah, of course, that footage would have gone viral. I don't think that's ever happened in sports history. That's something we should look up. If anyone's ever drank alcohol on the court in the middle of a game or on the field in the middle of a game um i would like to probably bet that it has never happened no. um, I mean, but you're right it would have been great and very entertaining I mean, but you, it's like it, we're not in nashville we're not throwing <laughs> ice uh fish on the ice at a predators game no. it's not like this is baseball come on i mean you're telling me the maple leafs if the guy has a hat trade they're not throwing stuff on the onto the ice i mean i don't think so yeah. i've been to plenty of kings games and people don't throw the throw stuff on the ice there no, i'm just saying there, there's a good chance she didn't know where she was at and she thought it was a hockey game and it was like contact is is encouraged here so violence so is encouraged so what you're saying really is that Canadians are not as smart as Americans. Not what I'm saying. I'm saying they're the nicest people <laughs> ever is what I've, is what I've heard. Um, but they get confused often. <laughs> but I'm saying there's a good chance that beer was meant for him to drink. And if he had picked it up and chugged it on the field, automatic number one favorite player of all time. I'm waiting on mm -hmm. that player for somebody like, you know, when the, the baseball players go in the stands and catch the ball. And who yeah. was it? Uh, was it Prince Fielder? That ate like a bunch of nachos or something off somebody's plate when he went in the. Uh, probably yeah. he's got the body for it. What are you, what are you saying? What are you saying? You got, I mean, he's chubby. <laughs> that's I mean, it, there's that's putting, that's it, putting it lightly. That's yeah. putting it nicely. Okay, so so he likes to eat probably. So he got him a yeah. couple nachos over there, a little you know, a little little snack, a little sampler. Yeah. I mean, just say like somebody goes over to the stands in the same way and they accidentally get a beer if they chug it like. MLB just going to be pissed off at them forever and fine them? Like how, much, how much is that fine? That fine's well, worth it, whatever it is. That's something we should probably look into because it's not necessarily a banned substance. It's not like no. they're going to get, you know, like in huge trouble for it. I wonder what would happen if he did actually, in fact, drink that beer, like crush the can and threw it back yeah. at her. Because here's the thing. I've been <laughs> attacked. I've been attacked by the fans, right? They have thrown something onto the field. Right. Okay? Like it's like they've thrown something into my area. Shout out Harambe. 
And, and, and I <laughs> rest in peace, in peace rest sweet in, prince. Rest in peace, sweet prince. So if I grab that beer that they threw at me, okay, and just to spite them, like I just chug it and throw it over the fence. Like, what are you going to say to me? If you try to find me, then I'm going to be like, you need to take care of my safety. I think I got a legit, yeah. I, I got a legit law case there. I'm not a lawyer. Anymore. Yeah, I think you could argue that. But then again, if we're talking about fines and, and, stuff like that we could just look at the nfl and they literally find somebody for dancing after a touchdown so i would have to imagine that drinking alcohol would be a much larger fine than that uh, whatever that fine is is worth it in my book in yeah. my book all right so, yeah so so moving on talking about uh, uh doing things maybe against the rules uh to leave uh, it has now come out that it's confirmed that he actually shot himself. Um, your thoughts on the accidentally shooting yourself? Well, I see what you did there. <laughs> um, the backstory of it was that originally he said that he, I think if I remember correctly, he was in the car with another guy and people shot at them. Mm-hmm. Right. I think that's what happened. But now today it was released that the police figured out that he actually shot himself. And he apparently told a friend that he accidentally or accidentally shot himself. Um, I think that it's time to just kneel on that one. Okay. Why do you, Akib Talib, need a gun? Uh-huh. Uh, I mean... There are a lot of great examples we can bring up here. I'm going to segue over to basketball. And one of my favorite is um, a guy by the name of Keith Appling who went into a strip club with a loaded AK-47. So that's not okay? One, I mean, one, why are you, why do you have an AK-47, first of all? Mm-hmm. Uh handgun is not good enough for you you need an assault rifle you don't know what the strippers are gonna do two why are you yeah why do you need it at a strip club <laughs> what's know. going on at this strip you club don't and you, need you don't want to know what rifle. happens in the champagne room at three. that strip club okay three micah how did he get that in there where did he hide it That's i don't think question. you can play off that that whatever that, that ak-47 in your pants is not a gun is that a gun are you happy to see me is, is all he's saying <laughs> at the door right there Um, yeah, so I just think that's just my favorite example out of all. There are plenty more, but yeah, let's just stop getting guns. I mean, especially because most of these guys are traveling around with a posse. Like, if something were to happen, all of these, your friends are going to fight for you. You don't need a gun. Yeah. I I, I see what you're saying. I'm raised in the South, and so I'm very pro-gun. And so I'm going to, I mean, obviously I stand for like gun, like ownership. And if you want to carry a gun, as long as you carry it legally, it's perfect, fine, whatever. The the AK-47, like why you have that in a strip club is beyond (laughs) me. Why you have a gun, period. If you're in a play, so if you're a a major league, NFL, like NBA player, whatever you are, if you're a professional athlete and you feel the need to carry a gun to a club, you got to think to yourself: Should I be in that club? Is this, yeah. is this is this a place I want to be? Like I should be here. Yeah. I should be in this club right now. No. So 
But it's lit. But it's lit. I got a, I got an image to it. No, you need to put the gun down. Okay, that gun will be there when you get back. And you, and and so I'm gonna kneel on this, and I'm also gonna kneel on the fact that you should never shoot yourself. Like, why are you shooting yourself? Yeah. You know. I mean, don't they have like safeties on guns or something? Yes. I mean, they do. So like, why wasn't why would? I wonder what kind of pants was he was he was wearing. You think he had sweatpants on as well? Because that might just be the issue here. Is is you can't sweat wear sweatpants <laughs> with a gun in your waistband. It's just gonna you're just gonna shoot yourself. <laughs> you might be onto something. So maybe it's not a gun issue. It's really just a sweatpants issue. Yeah, like it's, just, it's just wear some pants with a belt and yeah. you'll be good. Yeah, as long. <laughs> I mean, maybe we should send this in to people that shoot themselves. Plaxico, let's send it in to Lee. Be like, hey, if you wear the proper attire. Maybe you wouldn't shoot yourself in the leg. Yeah. Just get like a holster like police officers, you know? Yeah. I mean, you probably wear a baggy enough shirt to just cover it. You just have your little nice little holster and just, just whip it out. Whip it out. It. Yeah. I mean, people couldn't see what I just did, but I was like, you it know, was, pulled was, out my imaginary. Really quick. Like if we were in a duel right now, I'm pretty sure. I would have I would have won in the Mexican standoff. Pretty I mean, sure there's no I'd, question. Pretty sure I'd be down. Um, <laughs> last one. I've got outstanding news for anybody that's covering sports. Johnny oh, Manziel yeah. has been reinstated by the NFL. Now, sweeter words have never been spoken into my ear <laughs> yes. than what I just heard right there. Amazing. Good old Johnny football is back in our lives. Um, I'm going to stand up for that because as much of a train wreck as he was on the football field. Mm -hmm. um, he was still very entertaining to watch. And who doesn't like some good drama? You know, all these other guys, like, let's go Case Keenum, probably one of the most boring people. If you watch, <laughs> if you watch Hard Knocks, Dang, Case. He's, he's got to be a nice guy. I'm sure his mm -hmm. wife was really sweet, but probably one of the most boring people probably. ever. Yes. Johnny brings a lot of a little element of excitement and yeah. and a little element of surprise because you don't know what he's gonna do. Is he gonna be on drugs this time? Is he gonna be drunk? Is he gonna trash a house? Yeah. Is he gonna go out three nights in a row in L.A. to the Nice Guy, which is like the most trendy and hip place there is? Like I mean, I've been there. Yes. MBD, but KBD. Oh, sick brag. <laughs> um, but yes, I'm going to stand up for Johnny Manziel back in the NFL because I'm excited. We need, we need some more drama. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm going to stand up as well. I'd rather, so I feel like Johnny Manziel is like, uh, like a Joe, Na like a Broadway Joe, like a Joe Namath, but without yes. like Joe Namath didn't have like Twitter and all these reporters following him around. And Joe him. Namath is also a lot better than well, Johnny Manziel. That's beside the point. So Joe Namath, besides <laughs> being better at football and at a different age of time, yes, they're the same person. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, so that, that's, 100%. Yeah, so I mean, I'm making perfect sense right there. Um, so, so Johnny has always been a great, um, I guess, in, he's been a, one of the players that's most intriguing to me because – I don't think he's a good football player. I think he's a good athlete. I think he's I think yeah. he's a terrible quarterback. Okay. But the fact that he's so entertaining off the field, like there's no telling what he's gonna do, makes me have to stand up for this. So Yeah. And and he really like okay, he threatened the girl or whatever. That was like he didn't throw a girl like on the bed full of guns. Okay, so he hadn't like taken it to that level. So he's not like a violent yeah. violent. 
but it's just like I'm going to be drunk or on drugs or, or whatever he's going to do is going to make it very entertaining for me to read about. And so right. that's the Johnny Man. I need the fun-loving Johnny Manziel off the field. We want the, the Johnny football who's throwing up the money sign with his fingers, Absolutely. his little yeah, yeah, yeah. signature the, thing the, that they threw up. On the on the draft stage as he's walking up to I, Roger Goodell and getting I mean, getting his Browns jersey. I mean, he got that three years guaranteed, right? Didn't he? Yeah. Is that what you get as a rookie or first money. round pick? Yeah. I mean, money. Give, give me that money, Manziel. Like he probably spent it already at a strip club, but or in combo yeah. with whoever he was, you know, doing stuff with. But that's fine. Um, I could definitely see Johnny Manziel rocking a uh, floor length fur coat on the sidelines like like Mr. Joe Namath yeah. has done in the past. So that, that was a bad comparison once you told me that, yeah, obviously he's a worse football player than Broadway Joe. But yeah, but a lot of people have compared them as far as personalities go. Yeah. Um, just like they, they kind of do whatever they want and don't really care about the consequences. However... Joe Namath is a Hall of Famer. Johnny Football will never be one. <laughs> I, I do. And see, that that's the part that gets me. So if you think about, like, I don't want, I want people that are real. Like, Johnny Manziel has obviously a lot of different problems that need to be corrected. Like, I don't condone, like, his drug use or his, you know, domestic violence or anything like that. Um, but what I do like is what I get with Johnny Manziel is the real Johnny Manziel. Like, there's no, like, yeah. I, he said, like, I'm going to have a good time. And if it was just, I'm having a good time, I'm going to party and hang out with my friends, but I'm also going to be serious about football or whatever career he's got, then I'd obviously be all on board. But the fact that he wants to take it to a level where that jeopardizes his football career makes it a completely different story. Right. I agree. And it's like, you can almost compare it to like Tim Tebow, who's always trying to put up this front of being this perfect guy and church church going and you know very polite and never gonna do anything wrong and it's like not quite I mean not that not to say that Johnny Manziel is relatable because yeah, he also say, comes from be like the, you might be the first person ever to compare Tim Tebow and Johnny Manziel no 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 I'm saying they're complete opposites oh, okay, in gotcha. the fact that Tim Tebow's always trying to put on this front I don't think he's really that perfect is what I'm saying. Nobody's and Johnny perfect. Manziel just owns him himself. He doesn't care. He yes. knows he's not perfect. He's like, I'm going to say what I want because this is me. And I'm going to go hang out with Drake and be crazy and party and rage and just have a good time because this is me and this is what I like to do. Not that he's an, a relatable person, but it's more relatable to, to that someone would just be themselves versus put on this front. Yeah, just a rock star. You think about 21 years old coming out of Texas A&M where you're just a guy. Like, you just won the Heisman. Yeah. And now you're going to sign yeah. a first-round you know, pick in the NFL. I mean, you're telling me, like, if you're 21, making all that money and having all that hype, like, you'd behave yourself? Like, you just go home yeah. and hang out? No. No, I'll play you. No, I'll play you. No, I'll play you. <laughs> so we both stand to yeah. John, yeah. Johnny. I'll, sta I'll, I'll stand for Johnny, Johnny football. I'll stand. Yeah, well, football is in full swing, and uh, basketball is right around the corner, Micah. Yes, sir. How pumped are you? Man, How pumped are you? I cannot wait for some hoops. Just give me some oh, hoops. Yeah. I love basketball. We, I mean, is it safe to say it's your favorite sport? Oh, hands down. I mean, hands down. I mean, yeah. even though, like, I was um, 
I'm going to put this nicely and say not very athletic. I was, okay. I mean, okay, listeners, a little backstory. Mike <laughs> did play basketball all through college, but, like I'm, represent I'm, charge on. Charge, charge on. Hashtag charge on. <laughs> I will say I was not very athletic, but I do appreciate uh, watching basketball more than any other sport. I think those yeah. are some of the best athletes on the floor. Um, so we have been checking in with some of the some of the teams watching. The, obviously, Christina covered uh, the Los Angeles Defenders, so she's been watching some of these D League players play in the preseason and the summer league. And so, uh, with that being said, we do have a friend of the program, uh, yeah. Josh Majette, who is is on the Atlanta roster right now. Uh, and you know, in, you know, he he happens to be. Um, one of these anomalies. If this was the the hot, crazy matrix that guy makes up with the with the girls, he'd be the unicorn. Mm-hmm. He'd be the unicorn because he is under six <laughs> under six four white guy in the NFL and in, in the NBA. Yes. White, white cards matter. White cards matter. White cards. But let's just let's not just say you know he's an anomaly. Let's let's highlight the fact that. He not only led the D League in assists last year, but also steals. Mm-hmm. Um, took led the defenders to the NBA D League finals, where the only reason they lost to the Sioux Falls Sky Force was because literally everyone on the defenders got injured except Josh Vanderblue and Andre Ingram, pretty much, and Speedy Smith. Um, and if it weren't for the fact that Josh was playing the entire game, every single game, all 48 minutes, they would have won. So, I mean, Did you accuse me of being a homer earlier? You just went on like a two-minute spiel on homerism. I'm just saying <laughs> that you should give credit where credit's due, Micah. So, so, so Hawks, if you're listening, I'm sure you are to this uh, extreme podcast that we got going. Uh, I mean, give him a chance. Give him a chance. Yeah, because. All right, Christina, this has been fun. This has been some of the most fun that I've had and uh, everything I hoped it would be uh, for the first time. So uh, thank you. Oh, it feels like the first time. (laughs) I know. I've got a really good voice. Um, I could not only sing but rap. We all know that. I got bars. But yes, Micah, I agree. This has been so fun, and I'm very excited for the future. And uh, more Commission Fish podcasts coming soon to the nation of followers that we have already acquired, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. So (laughs) until next time, Commission the Fish. We out. We out.